Uh, so if you don't remember me like Donnie said, my name is Blake Comer. I was a uh, youth pastor here for about six years. Um, and man, it's a miracle that I ever got hired here. I had no experience, uh, had next to no experience preaching or serving on a staff, like no experience on a staff. Um, I've been told that I make bad first impressions. Anyway, uh, it's really, it, it, it was uh, totally the Lord's hand in that that I ever got hired. I mean, just out of college, I was 22 years old, just got married, and, um, and, and, and then I started, started working here. And I tell you what, it was, some of y'all were here at the beginning, and, and, and maybe you remember this. Uh, I look young now, I'm, I'm, the, I'm now 30 years old. I, I look young now, and... Um, I can't tell you how many times parents would come up to me at Link on a Wednesday night or whenever we're going on a mission trip or something like that and be like, okay, now, who's the adult that's going on this trip? And I'm like, it's me. I'm the adult. Look, I'm, I'm an adult. I'm 22. I, I realize I look really young. But I forgive you. All right? It's taken me this long. Um, yeah, uh, as Donnie said, also, uh, freedom is getting behind us and supporting us as, as we make this move, as we make this transition um, and uh, we, we can't say thanks enough uh, how much we appreciate uh, our, our time at Freedom, um, the friendships, uh, the relationships that, 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 we, that we built while we were here, uh, the, the, the experience. Um, man, I was given free reign as, as a young, no experience. I was given free reign over Link, so I learned a lot of what to do, and then I learned a lot of what not to do in ministry, um, and I... And, and now that, that, that y'all, are, y'all are behind us and praying for us um, and supporting us financially, that, that means so much to us. And uh, we, I just want to start by saying thanks. Um, we love y'all. Y'all are, uh, y'all are family. And, uh, and, and man, it, yeah, so, so thanks. All right. Uh, what, what, let, let me, let me uh, update you on, on what's going on in our life. Um, we're going to be moving to Brooklyn in a little over a week. In fact, uh, Less than 10 days. Um, so on Tuesday the 4th, I'm getting in a car and I'm driving our, our clothes and um, not much else. But uh, I'm driving our stuff up to Brooklyn. Laura Beth is getting on a plane uh, the next day with our two kids and uh, going to be flying up. And, uh, you know, one-way tickets, you know, that, that, make, that makes it real whenever you buy those one-way tickets. Um, and we're, we're excited for that uh, I'm going to be doing an internship once we get up there with a church in Manhattan called Cross Church, um, and uh, they're actually launching this fall. Uh, I, I, I get to do an internship and, and will be a part of, of planting this church, um, and then uh, f- from there, after, after a, about a year-long internship, we'll, we'll move into the process of actually planting um, our, our own church, but uh, as we transition, we're going to be staying in a, a, a an apartment that's provided by the North American Mission Board, um, which is such a blessing. Um, it is, uh, it's, it's in Brooklyn. It's in a, a, a nice neighborhood, safe neighborhood. Um, it's rent-free. All we pay is utilities, so it's going to be a good time for us to, uh, um, to save up some money. We can only be there for, uh, we're guaranteed three months, maybe up to six months, uh, hopefully up to six months, um, and it's, it's really... Uh, going to be a good time for tra- for transitioning. Uh, it almost seems co- too good to be true. Um, and you know what Dave Ramsey says about that? 
if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. And here's the too good to be true part of it. Uh, the, the kicker is that it's, it's a 450 square foot apartment that's one room. Uh, yeah, two rooms if you count the bathroom. Um, so two rooms, one, one room apartment that me and my wife, our four-year-old daughter, and our two-and-a-half-year-old son get to live in together. So we get to, to really, I mean, like, bunk beds. I'm, you said bunk up. We, we are going to be in bunk beds, literally. My daughter is very excited about sleeping on the top bunk. Um, like 450 square feet, like, that, that's, y'all have garages bigger than that. You put, you put your stuff, you, you park your cars and things bigger than that. You, some of you have bonus rooms that are bigger than that. Um, and that's what we get to live in. And, and we are totally thankful for that. Uh, um, it is such a blessing that, 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 that we that we have this opportunity because um, really and truly that, 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 that helps get, get us there. That's really the, one of the biggest things that's helping us get there is, um, is this transitional apartment. Um, yeah. one, one of the questions that I think me and Laura Beth get the most whenever people hear that we're moving to New York, they, they say, well, why New York? Why, why Brooklyn? Why do y'all want to go there? Why, would you, why on earth would you leave the South where we have, yeah, it's hot in the summertime, but we have mild winters, and uh, the, the, the tea is sweet, and people use their manners, and uh, your, your family's here. Why would you, why on earth would you leave the comforts um, of the South? And uh, the kind of snarky but real answer, and maybe oversimplified a little bit, is uh, that's where God's called us. Um, when, when you look at New York City, it's eight and a half million people uh, live there. Um, and statistics don't, don't tell you everything that you need to know, but they paint, a, they paint a picture. And the picture that it paints for the church in New York is pretty bleak. Um, about 3% of New York uh, are born-again believers. So of 8.5 million people, that's about 255,000 people spread out across the Bronx and Manhattan, Queens, Brooklyn, and Staten Island. That number is staggering to me. And, 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 and it's not, and, and that's, uh, that's one picture. Um, Brooklyn, it's two and a half million people. In Brooklyn, they, they have a Baptist association, a Southern Baptist association. I know you wouldn't think Southern Baptist in Brooklyn. Southern Baptist association in, in, in New York City. In Brooklyn, they have 35 churches for two and a half million people. Just to let that sink in a little bit, the uh, Three Rivers Baptist Association here uh, that, that's in Greer and the North Greenville area um, I don't know exactly how many people live in this area, but uh, it, it, it's servicing um, or ser- ministering to Greer, Taylor's, surrounding little towns. Um, I would venture a guess about 75,000 people in that area, and that may, I may be overestimating that, but that makes my math really easy. So that's what I'm going to do for you. Um, so if, uh, there, there are uh, 87 churches. That make it really easy. They make my math really easy. There are 87 churches in this association. So that's, that's almost a church for every 1,000 people. It's really, it's really even better than that. In New York, the, the ratio is a, a Southern Baptist church for every 75,000 people. So why New York? Because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And, and, and I see that as I look at uh, the statistics, as I look at New York City, as I look at Brooklyn. We want to live in a neighborhood called Greenpoint. Greenpoint's about 39,000 people. So in this, in this neighborhood that's about a square mile, it's, uh, more popula- it's a higher population than, than the city of Greer. Um, there are, there, there's only one, 
what I would call healthy evangelical church. It's a, it's a Southern Baptist church, and all they speak is Polish, which is cool because it's a Polish neighborhood. There's like six, there's 60% of the people there are Polish descent, so they only speak Polish there. So there's only, there, at, at this point, there's no evangelical English-speaking presence in Greenpoint, and, and that's what we want to do. Like, that's, that's the heartbeat of, of, of why we want to go. That there are people there who, who don't know the gospel, who've never heard the gospel, who think that, that everything in life is about themselves. They worship themselves. They worship them, their, their stuff. They worship their relationships. Um, they think that there's nothing after this life. A lot of them think that there's nothing after this life. And then a lot of them think that, okay, well, there is something coming, but you know what? I can clean myself up enough. I can be good enough and, and try hard enough so that the next part, the, the, whatever's next, so that that'll go well for me. And they can't. They, they can't do it on their own. And so that's the why. The Lord, um, he, he's called us there. And he's been kind of shaping that vision and honing that calling and um, really strengthening that in us, um, breaking our hearts for the people uh, of Greenpoint, for the people of New York City. Um, and this morning, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how that, how that vision has, uh, has come about or, or what, what it is, where, where it is that we're seeing that, um, or what we want to do um, from, from the scripture. Uh, so let, let, let me just pray for us and then we can jump into the Bible. God, we thank you so much for uh, your, your love and your grace and we thank you that That you are, uh, you are the Lord of the harvest. Uh, Luke ten two. It's the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. So therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest that He would send labors into into His harvest. And Lord, it, it is Your harvest, and we trust You for that. We trust that You are sending people, that You're sending us. And God, uh, we pray that You would uh, con- continue to, to shape the vision for Brooklyn and mine and Lord Best Heart, and, and, and continue to to break the hearts of the people in this room for, um, for uh, their neighborhoods and for um, Greer. Lord, uh, we, we thank you so much. We pray this in your name. Amen. So uh, grab a Bible, flip it open or turn it on to Genesis chapter 1. Uh, this is um, the creation account. Uh, this, uh, we, we all know this story. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? He created... Uh, mountains and oceans and lakes and trees and uh, plants and animals, right? He created everything out of nothing. There was nothing, and then God created it just by speaking, okay? Um, uh, he, he's creating all of these things, and then at the height of creation, at the, at the climax, uh, he creates um, humanity. In verses 26 through 28, maybe on the screen here, or read it in your own Bible, whichever one you prefer. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and of the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Uh, God created humanity, 
And the one thing that he puts his image into, like th- this is the height, the pinnacle of creation. He puts his, his image into humans. And then to Adam and Eve, he gives the first command in all of Scripture. And we don't think of it as a command, but it is a command. He says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. All right, God wants Adam and Eve to fill the earth with their family. And, and this is the key point for, um, for, for today. I'm going to say it about a hundred times. So just, if you want to write it down, you can write it down. Um, God is passionate about filling the earth with a family of people who love and worship him. That's his, that's his passion, to, to fill the earth with a family of people who love him, with a family of people who, who worship him, with people who desire to follow him. That, that is God's mission. Uh, Adam and Eve, as you probably know, they, they sinned. They, they ate from, the, from the, the tree that they were told not to eat from, um, disobeyed God. Uh, re- really, they, they chose to believe that, that they knew better than God and sinned against him. And, and from there, uh, the generations of man just got worse and worse. And I, I think sometimes we read the Bible and we don't realize how bad things really get. But, but in Genesis, things were, were, were getting really, really bad. So flip over a couple, pages, a couple pages to Genesis chapter 6. Starting in verse 5, it says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of, the, of his thoughts, of the thoughts of his heart, was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. A lot of times we don't like to think of God like, like God regretted even making humanity right here. Like things had gone so far. They, God had said, be fruitful, multiply. I want to fill the earth with the family of people who love me, who worship me. People had gone so far from that. But, next verse says, but... That's a big butt, all right? Uh, I like big butts. I can't lie. In the Bible, you know, uh, it's too much, too much. All right, and, and, like this is a, a conjunction. It is, it is connecting and contrasting what was just said. Like everything is terrible, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. So there, there's one guy on the earth. Noah, Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And, and, and God went through with this plan. God, God told Noah to, to build an ark, put the animals on the ark. We, we know the story. We tell it to our kids and whatnot. Put the animals on the ark, and God uh, closed them up. And so you had Noah and his, and his family. You had the animals on the ark. And everything else on the planet was destroyed. God, God killed and humanity. He wiped them off, of, off the face of the earth. Plants, animals, even, even the planet in general was, was destroyed um, by this flood. Um, and so Noah's on the ark with his family. Um, the, the, the waters recede. And, and they get off the ark. It's interesting if you look at what, how, what God said to Adam uh, and then what God says to, to Noah. So let's check it out. Uh, for chapter 8. So turn another page. We're just going page by page. Just going to read the whole Bible today. Um, uh, starting in verse 20, it says, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord 
and took some of every clean animal and some of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on, on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing aroma, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of man, for the intention of, his, of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I ever again strike, every de- strike down every living creature as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Sounds familiar, right? That's exactly what God said uh, to Adam. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Uh, Noah jumps off the ark and the first thing that he does is he sacrifices these animals and he worships God. And God says, yeah, this, this is what I want you to fill the earth with. I want you to fill the earth, be fruitful and multiply. Because look, God is passionate about filling the earth with a family of people who love and worship Him. Um, that, that, that's, that's really what He's about. And I, I think that you continue to see that uh, through the book of Genesis. So fast forward uh, a, a few generations later, you have a, a man named Abram. Abram, uh, he, he walks with God. God tells him to, to leave his father uh, to, to leave his father's land and go to a place that he, was, he, that he would show him. God promises Abram that, that he's going to make him a father. Um, and he's like 75 years old whenever that happens. So, so we pick it up in chapter 17, uh, starting in verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, uh, side note, that is old, right? That's old. Really, really old. Uh, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face. Now, we, we don't know whether he fell on his face in worship or it was just because he was really old. Like, he was 99 years old. He may have forgot his cane that day. Anyway, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall you be called Abram, but you shall be called Abraham. For, for, the fa- for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout uh, their, their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. So God says to Abraham at the nice young age of 99 that he's going to make him a a father. Uh, Like I said, God had promised him uh, a son 25 years before. Still hadn't happened. Now he's 99 years old. That's old. And God says, you know what, I'm going to make you a father. Not just of of a son, I'm going to make you the father of nations. Kings are going to come from you. And God... God wasn't making Abraham a promise to be a dad at the age of 99 because that would make Abraham happy, because that would make him and his wife happy. It wasn't just so that God could say, you know what, physiological impossibilities, I can make those happen. They aren't impossible with me. God wanted to use Abraham to fill the earth with a family of worshipers. Because look, God is passionate about filling the earth with a family of people who love and worship him. And so God gave, God gave him a son. His son's name was Isaac. 
Um, Isaac grew up in the book of Genesis, then kind of shifts from following uh, Abraham's story to following Isaac. Isaac had uh, twin boys, Jacob and Esau. The Bible then starts to kind of follow Jacob's life. Um, Jacob, uh, he, he had lots of sons. Um, and, and after an encounter with God, he, uh, he had his, cha- his name changed, much like his father, he had his name changed to Israel. And so the, the nation in the Middle East named Israel is named for the, the grandson of Abraham. I mean, uh, when, when God said, I'm going to make you into a nation, like we, we see it still today. Uh, Israel had 12 sons, um, became the, the, the 12 tribes of Israel. And so the, Genesis follows the story of, of this family, right? And they become this nation of people. And from Exodus to Malachi, the rest of the Old Testament, it follows the story of this family of people that God has chosen to display His glory to the world. They've got the role of being uh, a family that loves and worships God. And man, they fail at it throughout the Bible seemingly more times than they don't. But, they, but when they do get it right, it's because they are, they're, they're being what God had intended them to be, a family of people who love and worship Him. So let's move ahead, uh, ahead in history, um, a bigger jump this time. Uh, the, throughout the Old Testament, God is setting up these fathers. He sets up Adam and says, be fruitful and multiply. He, he, he talks uh, uh, to Noah. He says, be fruitful and multiply. Abraham, I'm making you the father of a of, of multitude of nations. And all of those are simply pointing to the bigger story at hand. Pointing to the perfect father and the perfect family. And we see it come to fruition when Jesus is born. And the perfect father is God, and Jesus is the perfect son. That's always been what was going on. Throughout the Old Testament, when God is, is accomplishing his mission, um, when God is setting up these families of, of, of worshipers, it's all pointing back to himself. Himself... Um, and, and it really, like I said, it, it's always been the plan. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance to His pleasure and His will. And we, were, we were predestined for adoption. That means that God's plan has always been to adopt us, Christians, into His family. It was always His plan to crush His Son on the cross so that we could be forgiven of our sins, so that we could be adopted into his family. That's how he's accomplishing his mission, to, to fill the earth with a family of people who love and worship him. But whenever, whenever we look back at Jesus' ministry, Jesus was on the earth um, uh, doing ministry for about three years. He uh, didn't travel all that far from Jerusalem. And in the end, he was, he was killed by people who hated him but he rose from the grave. And then he spent time on the earth. And before ascending back into heaven, he commissioned his followers. This is Matthew chapter 28. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Uh, Jesus says, go and make disciples 
of all nations. Um, a disciple is somebody who's going to follow in the teachings of another. Uh, honestly, this is like Jesus's, this is Jesus's be fruitful and multiply statement to the church. This is his commissioning to us. He's saying, build the family. What, what Jesus wants and, uh, for his followers in, the, in, in, in that moment, in Matthew 28, and, and really for us as we read it, he wants us to join him in his mission. He wants uh, his, his mission to be our mission, his passion to be our passion. The mission that, that he was about in Genesis chapter 1 and in Genesis chapter 8 and in Genesis chapter 17 hadn't changed and he hasn't stopped. He's still at work. But now, he's using the church. He's using us, Christians. He wants to use us collectively to make disciples. And, and by disciples, what I mean is people who love and worship him. He wants to use us as a church to grow the family. Why? Because God is passionate about filling the earth with a family of people who love and worship Him. And I keep saying that, and, and you, hopefully you'll remember that. I don't know. That's not like life-changing stuff right there. Um, and, and honestly, it's a little ambiguous. Like, what does that mean? Blake, neat. You want us to, like God wants to fill the earth with a family of people who work. Like, what does, that, what does that mean for me, all right? Um, glad you asked. Glad you asked. I could see it. I could see you thinking those words. Um, the truth is, it, it's really, it, it's got everything to do with you. Um, let, 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 me, let, me, let me say it like this, and then I'll, I'll try to be practical for, uh, for a few minutes. Um, through the blood of Christ, we are reconciled to God, right? And we're reconciled to each other. Um, we get to be adopted into God's family, which makes us family so if you're a believer you're in god's family you're co-heirs with christ you're my brother or and i and i'm or, or you're my you're, what am i saying you're my brother i'm your i'm your brother you might be a, you might be my sister i don't know anyway y'all know what i'm saying we're family if you're a believer we're family i'm tongue-tied uh and people don't like to think about it like this or maybe maybe we just haven't been taught to think about think about it like this but um being a part of this family trumps everything else. It, it, it trumps patriotism. It trumps your family ties. Look, you are more, if, if you're a Christian, you are more related to me than you are a mom or a dad, brother or sister, son or daughter who doesn't know Christ. We're more family than you are with them when it comes down to it. People don't, people don't like to think about it like that. But God, Jesus died to make us family. Like, we may not be blood relatives, but we're, we're family by blood. And it's Jesus' blood that makes us family. He made us a family... So that we could, we, as, as, we, as we love and we worship him, we could bring other people into that family as well. God, God wants to use 
his family on earth to grow his family on earth. And, and when Jesus left the earth, he kind of passed the torch. He commissioned his family. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Make new disciples. But still, how does that happen? How does that happen? What I want to do for the next couple minutes is just kind of give you a picture into what it is that we're going to be doing. As we move to Brooklyn, um, what it is that, that we want to do, and then uh, at the end I'll, I'll try to tie that back around to how y'all can be a part of that here. Um, because I, I've really struggled with this part of uh, what I, my, my sermon message, whatever this is. Uh, I've struggled with this because um, uh, church planting in New York City looks really different from church planting in South Carolina. Um, a church that is 10 years old is going to do things a lot differently than a church that's like two years out. Um, so as we move, our vision and um, what, what, what we would, our, our mission is uh, to be a Jesus-centered family on mission. We want to be, um, to be family. So whenever we get up there, uh, we're going we're gonna to do life groups. That's going to be the main focus of, of how we do ministry. Y'all do life groups here. Uh, that, that, that's going to be the, the main push. We're going to start by doing uh, a Bible study in our home. It's going to be me and Laura Beth. And we got a guy who's moving up there with us. And our kids. And then anybody else that, that, that we meet that, that, that want to come. Um, and we're going to do a Bible study where we uh, look through the scripture together. Where we pray together. Where we check in on one another's lives. Where we confess sin to one another. And not just confess sin, but also then confront that sin with the gospel. Oh man, you screwed up? Well, guess what? Jesus' blood covers that. So you don't have to, you don't have to live in shame and, and guilt and remorse. You get to walk in freedom. Because, because the blood of Christ covers that completely. So giving the gospel back to each other. Um, we, we want our, our, our life group to be... Uh, Really, the, 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 the biggest tool of ministry um, that, that, that we use, especially at the beginning, but then even, even so later on, we want to do a lot of ministry through our life groups, inviting lost people in to a place where they can um, see the Bible studied in, in, in community, but then also um, hear the gospel proclaimed over, over, uh, over people as they confess sin. Uh, we want our life groups to, to be more than just a weekly thing. We want it to be something where we are really sharing life with one another, um, going out to eat the, together, sharing meals, sharing coffee, going, exploring. Oh, we're going to be in New York City, the greatest city in the world, exploring the city together, really really doing life, and then inviting lost people into those, those regular, everyday things. Uh, and so here, freedom, y'all, y'all, y'all have life groups. Um, ongoing life groups uh, really and truly in the next couple of weeks y'all are going to be pushing those um, uh, so if, if you're not in a life group man let, let me just encourage you and challenge you to do that um, Jesus died to make us family and his let me see how I'm going to say this uh, his desire is not that you would get together one, one time a week or that you would be connected to somebody just once a week. 
No, he, he died to make us family. And family uh, prays for each other. They check in on one another. They walk through good things together and they walk through hard things together. So let me, let me just challenge you with this. Life groups, sign-ups are happening in the next couple of weeks. If, if, you're, if you've never tried one, get into a life group. And, and don't just be like, all right, well, I'm going I'm to put my toe in and see how the water feels. I was just at the beach last week, and uh, we had a pool, and I walked into that pool every time, and it was murder. But, like, my father-in-law, he jumped in the pool every time, and it was fine. So, like, I'm saying jump in all the way. Um, yeah, so we, we want to do ministry through life groups. Uh, the other thing is, the, the other, um, one of the other things that, that we're going to do is uh, we're, we're going to serve. We're going to serve our community. Um, New York is uh, a very proud place to be. People are very proud of where they live. They're very proud of their neighborhood. And so we want to kind of leverage that and serve our neighborhood, um, whether that's serving in a park or serving um, local businesses or serving at a school or whatever. We're going to serve our community. And as we do that, we're going to, to grow closer to each other, but also um, uh, be reaching out to other people. Uh, it's whenever you go on these, like the kids who just went, students who just went uh, to, to Fuge, as you serve other people, like you, you come back, you're like, this is my best friend. This is my friend. We're, we're best friends now because we, we serve together for a week, right? There, there's something about serving one another, uh, serving with one another that, that bonds you together and then also, like, we're reaching out to people, showing them tangible pictures of this is grace that, that, that we're able to show you through, um, through serving you. And here at Freedom, y'all, y'all love to serve. Like, we'll, we'll do a sign-up for, we're going to go to the soup kitchen. Like, 100 people sign up. We, we can only take 10. Uh, we'll do VBS. We don't call it VBS here. Uh, y'all's version of VBS. I don't remember what we call it. Uh, y'all do it here. And you put the sign-up sheet down, and it's filled up in 15 minutes. Y'all love to serve, and, and that's awesome. Keep doing that. I just want to encourage y'all, the, the, the servant heart uh, of the people here, whether it's um, in, in events or even like setting up and tearing down, y'all do this weekly. Like, a lot goes into that. The way that y'all serve is, is, is incredible, and I love that. Keep, keep pushing into serving. Um, and then the last thing that, that we're going to do is uh, worship services, just like y'all do. Um, it's probably going to be a little bit further down the road. We, we want to do life group. Uh, we, we want our life groups to kind of multiply and, um, and, and have multiple life groups before we ever have any kind of weekly, regular uh, worship services. But we're going to get involved in a church somewhere um, and, and, and be a part of that. There's something about coming together. Um, this, is like a, this is like a family reunion where we get to come together, and man, I hadn't seen Hawson forever, and I get, to, I get to say hey to him, and catch up with him for just a minute, and then I look over to the other side, and I see Mark Sears, I haven't, I haven't even talked to him yet, I can't wait to talk to you after, after I get done talking here, and it's like, we, we get to, to be family, and, uh, and, and really live that out, and, and this is a family reunion, where we get together, it's incredibly important the, the weekly worship services coming together as the church. Um, let, me, let me challenge you with this. Look, I, what do I have? I know that whenever I was here, it was it was absolutely you. You were doing good if you were um, if you were at two church services a month, right? 
Like, uh, that, 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 the average church member go, goes about twice a month. Um, and let, let me just challenge you with this. Uh, what, if, what if we, what, what would happen? What, what would things look like? How would things change in your own life, in the lives of the people around you, in the lives of the people that you're inviting uh, on a weekly basis? Uh, how, would it, how would it be different if you would uh, actually commit to coming on a weekly basis? Y'all aren't paying me anymore, so, well, I mean, I guess you kind of are, but it's like I can, Donnie didn't, Donnie didn't, uh, look, we want to be a Jesus-centered family on mission. We're going to do that through being, through, through being a life group and doing that uh, as much as we can, daily basis, weekly basis, getting together. We're going to, we're going to go to, uh, to, to weekly work, worship services, uh, and, and, and join up with, with, the, with the church and, and, and worship together, be, be family like that. And, and we're going um, to serve our community. That, that's how we're going to do that. There are opportunities for that right here in Greer, right here for you to do that at Freedom. And let me just encourage you and challenge you to, to dive into those things. Um, because, look, God's passionate about filling the earth with a family of people who love and worship Him. Um, and we want to be a part of that in Brooklyn that, that we want to be um, a part of uh, seeing that happen in, in Greenpoint. And God's doing that here in Greer, and, and you get to be a part of that here. Um, because look, one day, one, one day Christ will return. And when he does, he, he'll gather all the saints. One big, bad family reunion. Like the biggest family reunion that you can imagine and we get to all sit down at the table with Jesus. It's going to be the people that, that you know that are believers, the people that you don't know that are, that are believers, the, the people that died years and years ago, and the people who are, di- who are going to die years from now, who, who loved Christ. Um, and, and, and he will have accomplished his mission uh, to, to fill the earth with a family of people who love and worship him. Like, mission accomplished, fly the banner. Like, it's, it's done and we get, to, we get to, to be there for that. And we get to celebrate for eternity the goodness of our God. But until then, whether, whether it's in Brooklyn or it's right here in Greer, let, let, let's be faithful in joining him on his mission. What, whatever that's through, if that's through life groups or through, uh, through services or, or serving people, let, let's be faithful in joining him on his mission to fill the earth with a family of people who love and worship Him. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, we, we thank You so much for Your love and Your grace and the fact that um, that through the cross we are reconciled to, to You, but we are also reconciled to each other and that You're using family um, to accomplish Your mission. Lord, help us to, to see um, ways that we, can, that we can dive into church family, that we can dive into being family with one another, ways that we can commit to, to doing more than just an hour and a half on Sunday or doing more than just an hour or two hours at Life Group on Wednesday night or whatever it is, Lord. Help us to see ways that we can commit more to you. Lord, thank you for this church Thank you for Freedom Fellowship and their commitment to the gospel, their commitment to 
to supporting church planners. Lord, I pray that, that you would be, them, be with them uh, and uh, Lord, just bless them as they go. Bless them as, as they're uh, in a time of transition. Lord, I, I just pray for this, for this church family that they would uh, see that, um, that their ultimate hope is you. And God, I, I ask uh, that, that you would just pour out your blessings on them. Lord, we thank you so much. Let me pray this on your name. Amen. You guys can be seated for just a moment. Thank you, Blake. Where'd you go? Oh, there you are over there. Uh, thank you for that, for that message. Uh, listen, uh, I have never um, moved to New York, but in my life there have been a few times where I have moved to go somewhere to minister. Uh, thankfully, we've been either here or in Kentucky uh, in our ministry life, and there's always been uh, one set of our parents that have been close. So if, first of all, if you've never moved away from family, uh, you just need to pray for them just, just for that. I mean, if you don't want to get all spiritual about everything and you just want to pray for them, that is a big deal. Uh, and I've never moved away where I didn't have any family at all. Uh, initially, I did until I met Shelly, and then her family was my family. But, uh, so that's a big deal for them just to move away uh, in addition to what's going to be happening ministry-wise and learning new folks and moving to a neighborhood so you know just just remember them and and for for mom and dad and all that we we, we kind of have a we kind of have a little sense of knowing a little bit of what that's like from from our family so you guys pray for them and for what's going on and Blake I hope church will look different where you go you know in the Bible there are descriptions of how church was was done but it's never been prescriptive of how it's supposed to happen and so I hope that you will learn those people and that y'all will figure out a way to speak to them and present the gospel in a way that makes sense to them and that they understand it so their lives can be changed. That's what Jesus did, I think. And so I hope it'll look different than anything we've ever seen and people's lives will be changed. So just uh, remember to pray for them. One other thing you mentioned when you started about coming here, and I, I, two, two things real quick. Uh, when I saw, Blake has less hair now than I've ever seen. I think he probably has less hair than maybe when he was born. I don't know. But um, uh, when he first came, we always used to make fun of his driver's license because he would show us his driver's license, and it looked like that they had took like a little 12-year-old kid and given him driver's license. So we'd always aggravate him. So when I saw him today, I hadn't seen him since his hair short. I said, man, I just had flashbacks of remembering how we used to make fun of you with your driver's license because he looked a lot you. Just throw that in. The other thing is, you wonder, with no experience, right out of the gate, how in the world... Did he ever make it here? Two words, Laura Beth. No, I'm just kidding. Blake, Blake was smart enough to marry up like I did, and then when in doubt, get my wife up front quick, right? So that was a good thing. Just kidding. We love you guys. We will be praying for you and wish the best for you. I do want to tell you this. On the, uh, on the table in the center of the atrium is information. There are some folks who have gotten some stuff together, and they're going to be having kind of a sending away thing for Blake and Laura Beth and that information is on that table so look at that the date and the time if you want to be able to go and, and uh, show up for that and, and support them and uh, kind of a kind of a farewell kind of thing the information is on the table so please uh, take a look at that and I'm sure they would love for as many of us as we could to show up for that and support them uh, in that so thank you guys
All right, just a, just a couple. I, I apologize for the at the end of the service to do this, but lately things have just been a little different here at Freedom, haven't they? We've had a few things that we ha- need to talk about, and there's a couple things that I just want to remind you of and also get you to be able to continue to pray for. So hope, I'm not doing this all the time, but this is important uh, and decided uh, to do this. I want to just give you a little update on what's going on with with our building and us here and what are we doing and all of that kind of stuff as if it's not enough that you know that that we are don't have a pastor at this time but guess what you know we, we still are dealing with some of the same stuff that we had to deal with so uh we talked with the elders uh their meeting and i wanted to remind you of a few things and then give you some information to pray for one of the things i just wanted to remind you you know what are we doing about our building what are we doing about being here we know we have to get out of here at some point so what's happening well, if you'll remember, you know, we had a goal that we had set a little while back last year of in May we wanted to try and at least, uh, we wanted to raise $400,000. And we've communicated with you along the way, and, and you may remember even Cliff mentioned some things not too long ago that, you know, we're not there. Uh, we didn't make that goal, which, you know, it's okay. It's not a downer. We just didn't make it. We're, we're just a little over halfway with that, but we didn't reach that goal. So at that time, we started thinking about, hey, we still, even if we don't build, we still need to be out of here. We need to find a place that we can have and call our own and do something. So, you know, we, we talked about, we had you guys praying about it. We had an opportunity. We thought maybe we were going to be able to do something with Northwood or maybe use some of their facilities. And that just didn't pan out. And uh, so we have been talking to you and you have been praying, hopefully, about, you know, where, do we, where are we going to meet? What do we need to do? So uh, we still have that need. I just want you to know that. We're still in that mode. We still need to do that. So we're still looking for space. Where can we be? We need to have a place other than here. And we're not ready to build. So what are we going to do? So um, so here, here's what's going on. We're still collecting money. If you don't know, we're collecting money for a future development. You can give. It's on the envelope. You can give online. We're still doing that. We still need that place to meet. Here's some good news. And I want you to hear this. And then I'll just briefly try to explain I had a meeting with Mr. Waters here. The elder said, hey, why don't you just meet with Mr. Waters? Let's find out exactly where do we stand and what's going on. I had a great meeting with Mr. Waters and was very encouraged. And he was very appreciative to us and how we've helped take care of these facilities. We donated some money to help uh, take care of the stage and stuff that's been refinished and all that just as a way, you know, we've used this building. And so we've always had a good relationship and we try to always leave this place better than it was when, when we came in and he acknowledged that and was very appreciative of that and in he said that he was uh, he was thankful that we were here that you know uh, we we've obviously been here longer than we thought <laughs> um, but he's good with us being here for right now and um, he even told me that in the fall we normally uh, do a contract he said if you'll just fill that out I'll make sure that it gets renewed and you'll be good for another year but here's the thing so that's good news so everybody you can kind of exhale a little bit but here's what I don't want you to think I don't want you to sit back and say oh we don't have to be out because here's what I told him listen I, I said I appreciate that and that does kind of take the edge off a little bit but I want you to know we're out of here as soon as we possibly can so even though we may be able to stay longer our goal is for us to find a place that we can meet until we can do whatever it is that God wants us to do. This has been a great space, but I think talking with some of you, it's time for us to move on. We need to get out of here. This is great, but we need to have a place that we can call our own. So we are still pursuing any options that we can. So what can you do about this? A uh, couple things. One, 
if you notice buildings, you know of a church that's meeting that has space they're not using that we could lease. If you know of any options, that just let us know. We'll be glad to follow through with them. We are still looking. We're still meeting. I've even made contact again with Northwood just to see if there is a possibility. Could we possibly just talk about something there again? Haven't heard back from them yet, but that, uh, you know, who knows what God could do there. Uh, the elders are still meeting on a regular basis. We met just the other night, and the elders are pursuing options of what can we do as a church, where can we meet, what can we do. So specifically, if you haven't been praying, I want you to start praying. And if you are praying, I want you to pray even harder that uh, as the elders now have some, we're, there's, there's another option that may have come available. We're pursuing that. We're going to pursue every option we have to do what we can do. Does that make sense? So I want you to pray about that. As every time you pray, maybe if you don't pray, this will be a reason to give you something to pray about, right? So that's, that's kind of a, you know, that's just kind of an update. That's kind of where we are. It's good. I hope you don't hear anything of being, oh, gosh, that's a downer. We didn't make our goal. I don't, it, it's just all good, but we, we want to just move on. And we are just decided we're going to pursue every option we have until either God opens that door or closes that door. And so we're actively looking for something to do. So if you know something, let us know. Uh, and especially um, make sure that you, you pray uh, about what's going on here. Okay, y'all good? Everybody awake? Time's the restaurant closed. Y'all are good. Blake, Laura Beth, thank you again uh, for uh, what you do and um, your obedience to, to go and do what God wants you to do. We are praying for you. We are continuing to support you in, in, in ways that we can help you. We, you know that we will. So we love you guys. And um, so if, uh, if you would, just, would you too just come here with me? And if you would join me with me. Uh, well, you know what? Shoot. We might as well be. There's no sense in being too formal. Uh, this is not on the list of whatever, if we have a list of what we're intended to do at the end of the service. Uh, I'm gonna add, if, if, if your family wants to come, we, we do this all the time. You guys come down. Let's make a kind of a circle around them. Everybody get to where you might be uh, taking some kind of uh, pray for them. We've done this before. When they left to go to Columbia, we kind of sent, sent them off. But uh, we're going to pray for them now again, sending them out into this is a, a new step in their life. And we just want to lift them up. So come on down. It might be awkward. People will be standing in the aisles. That's okay. Come on around. Y'all can come. Some people can come right in the front of them here. Yeah. 